so excited they're back home my goodness and uh just gonna be such a blessing to our church and and we're just excited about what god's doing in this day god's doing some great things and i love my wife and i love my children's and i love all of you you i feel like you're all my kids but that's that's a little weird because some of y'all older than me but uh but i love you I appreciate you so much. Hebrews 11 and 7. I told some guys yesterday I was going to be preaching about Noah's Ark. Hebrews 11 and 7. You just had to be there. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let's pray for the word. Jesus, thank you for the presence we have felt in this place. Thank you for the presence that people have seen in this place. And Lord, we thank you for the word of God today. And we know that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it is set out to do. And so I ask you now, Lord, to fill my mouth with words, Lord, that I might be a blessing to your people and someone's life can be changed and made better. And we will praise you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. I didn't know it was going to rain like it did this morning. I thought, well, I picked a good subject today, or the Lord gave me a good subject, the way that flood came in this morning. But when we think about this, this scripture, it really sums up the story of Noah's Ark. It's one of the earliest Bible stories that we will ever hear. It's probably one of the first, uh, next to learning about Jesus Loves Me, probably Noah's Ark is because while that little baby's laying in the crib looking up at the little stuffed plush Noah and giraffe and ark and stuff hanging above their head, you know, they learn about Noah's Ark. and uh, So we tell them about that. It's, it's a great story. Noah's Ark has been searched for. There's books and documentaries, and you can go on YouTube and find all kind of stories of people who say they have actually seen it. They know where it's at. They have satellite images. And even some people who said, when I was a kid, my great-grandfather took me to it, and I walked on top of it and went down inside of it. They, they declare they know where it's at. One thing about it, it was big. If you go to Kentucky, besides getting an L8, you can go see a replica of Noah's Ark. This replica of Noah's Ark, using the measurements from the scripture, the, mar the Ark measures 510 feet long. That means the Ark is roughly the size and length of one and a half football fields. All you guys that play football, you know how fun it is to, if you had to return a punt for 100 yards, just add 50 more onto that. One and a half football fields long. You can't, I can't hardly see that far. It's so long that you could put three of NASA's space shuttles on it, nose to tail on the deck. That's how long it is. It is 50 feet tall, which means it is taller than a four-story house where it would have plenty of rooms for the three extra tall inner decks that God told Noah to build. 
The storage capacity of the ark would have been 450 standard semi-trailers, which means it could hold about 120,000 sheep. The, the beams that they used at the one in Kentucky are three feet in diameter and 50 feet long. There's 3.1 million board feet in that ark. That means if those boards were laid end to end, it's enough timber to go from William, Williamstown, Kentucky, all the way to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it is the largest timber frame building in the world, as it was at the days of Noah. <laughs> the story of salvation for Noah and his family, the animals of the earth that it saved, is incredible. This story has inspired more messages than you and I could ever count. Somewhere today, you can believe it, in more than one place, somebody's talking about Noah in their church. And for all that has come from this great act of faith and the story it provides, I didn't put a title up right away because this is where I wanted to give you a title. I, I thought about this. I thought about Noah's Ark. I thought about everything that it means when you think about it, what it must have been like, what it looked like, what it took to get it. Before it was ever an ark, it was God's word. Before you could ever see that vessel, it was the word of God. Mm -hmm. Genesis 6 and 13, and God said, here comes the word unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Earth is filled with violence. Through them, behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms thou shalt make in the ark. You're going to pitch it within without. This is the fashion that you're going to make it. The length shall be 300 cubits. The breadth 50 cubits. Height 30 cubits. A window you shall make in the ark. And in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. The door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with the lower. Second, third story shalt thou make it. And I behold, I even do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that's in the earth shall die. But with you I will establish my covenant and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons, your wife, sons' wives with thee. Ain't going to be no ark to come into unless God speaks it. Before they ever had a place to hide, it was God's word. Before there was ever any protection from the storm, it was God's word. Let me tell you, you can't do without the word of God today. You're not going to see all the things you want to see outside of God's word. It's going to be in God's word. Come on, somebody. Before it was ever an ark, before it was ever a nursery rhyme or, or decoration for a child's nursery, it was God's word. You would have never, ever bought that decor for your child's nursery if God hadn't ever brought this story to pass. It was God's word that provided for this ark. And he began to tell Noah to do these, bring the fowls in, bring the animals in, and, and get everything ready, bring the food in. And then it says in verse 22, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Noah did everything according to the word of God. Let me tell you, the scripture says in, in the book of Hebrews that we understand something, that the worlds that are were framed by the word of God. I didn't build it brother Paul. And any man that built anything. Didn't build anything. Except God had made, the, made it to be built. Everything was framed. By the word of God. But when we think about things like Noah's ark. We zone in right to the ark. 
Noah's Ark. We think big boat. But before it was a big boat, it was the Word of God. And the Word of God was everything that Noah needed for him and his family to survive. It was everything that this world needed for the animals to survive. It was everything that they needed to survive the flood. But before it was ever visible, before they could ever step onto it, before they could ever get any animals inside, it was simply the Word of God. But look what the Word of God provided. It provided salvation for Noah and his wife and his children and their wives. It provided that, hey, you like going to the zoo? You like going and looking at animals? Guess what? Noah's Ark. Yeah. All these things that happened because of that ark happened because it was God's word first. And I know today that there are things going on in your world and in your life that you want to see happen. And let me tell you, they can come to pass, but it's going to come through God's word first. You don't get the benefits of the word without the word. But if you obey the word, you get the results of the word and you get the benefits of the word. It says that Noah prepared an ark. Now, do you actually think Noah just woke up one day and said, hey, I'll just build a boat? It would have probably never, ever crossed his mind that a catastrophic flood was coming. It would have never crossed his mind to build a boat or what size to build it. He would have never thought about all the different things he had to provide to make that thing work. God gave it to him in his word. In his word is what you need to survive. In his word is what you need to prosper. In his word is what you need to live another day. Before it was ever an ark, it was his word. So we jump right to what we can see. We jump to right what we can hold and what we can think about. But if it had not been for what God said to Noah, it would not be an ark. But then... Noah moved by faith. He moved with fear and prepared this ark. In Romans 10, 16 and 17, Isaiah, the man was writing about Isaiah speaking to the Lord. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then we see that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Noah's not going to build anything without the word of God. Nothing that's going to be substantial. Nothing that's going to last. Let me tell you, you can build, the scripture says, on sand. But when the storm comes, it's going to come tumbling down. But when you dig deep and build on the word, hey, let me tell you, on the word, before you build the house, get the word involved. Build it on the word, and then the wind can blow, and the storms can rise, and, and it, can, it can hit you with everything it's got. But you're going to be all right. You're going to stand because it was built on the word of God. Before there's a building, there's got to be a word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Talk about I've got faith if you don't know the word. Before there was a life-saving ark, it was a word of God. Before any tree was ever cut down, before any tree was ever sawed up, before any boards were nailed together, before anybody pitched outside or inside, it was the word of God. Before a single animal entered into it, it was the word of God. Before it ever became a great decor for your baby's nursery, it was the word of God. It was the ark was provision, and it was purpose, and it was salvation. But before it was any of that, it was the word. 
And when the word of God is obeyed in faith, it will produce everything you need. In the book of Habakkuk 2 and 4, we are, that's where we learn, but the just shall live by his faith. And we talk about that all the time. We're going to live by faith. Paul wrote about it twice, Romans 1 and 17, Galatians 3 and 11. Then the Hebrews writer also said, the just shall live by faith. Well, if I'm going to live by faith, then I need some faith. But where I get faith? If I live by faith, if that's like my battery, that's like my life. If I live by faith, where do I get faith? Where does it come from? It comes from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So, you see, we start understanding some things that uh, God said in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Jesus uh, quotes himself again in Matthew 4 and 4 where he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Before it's ever faith, it's the word of God. Yeah. It ain't faith without the word. It's just empty belief. Faith is different than that. When it's built on the word, it'll stand. If you don't believe the word of God and try to pray for the sick, ain't nothing going to happen. But when you know that the word says, by his stripes, uh, I am healed. And and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. When you start believing what the word says about healing and miracles, then you lay your hands on somebody and you speak a word of faith. And they get up out of wheelchairs and they drop crutches and they take leg braces off. Cancer dries up. Tumors fall off because somebody, but before it was ever a miracle, it was the word of God. You don't buy healing in a kit at Walmart. You can't, it ain't in a bottle. It ain't something you can spray on anybody. You can't shake it on them. It's the word of God. It's got to be the word of God. If you want the provision and the purpose and the miracles that only God can produce, then me and you, we must obey the word of God. There will be no revival. There will be no signs and wonders of any substance outside of God's word. We believe in laying on the hands. Why do we believe that? Because it's in the Word. You read it before you ever did it. Or you heard it preached before you ever did it. You heard the Word. You heard the Word of God. There are no miracles that God uh, has not already ordained in His Word. Obey the Word. Get the results of the Word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word. The Word of God. But the just should live by faith, then he's got to live by the word because man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God should produce faith in God. In other words, you've got to believe what the word has said. The scripture tells us that the word of God will not return void unto him. When God gave Noah the dimensions of the ark and told him what to do, it did exactly what he said it would do. It saved him and his family and all those animals. Alive, it did exactly what he said it would do. If we can't, let me tell you, you are going to be saved outside the Word of God. It ain't going to happen. You can't be saved outside of the Word of God. Number one, you can't be saved without Jesus, and He's the Word made flesh. You can't be saved without the Word of God. You got to have the Word of God in John chapter three. Verse 3 through 5, y'all know these scriptures right here. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, keep, keep moving. Verse 4. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is talking about being born again, except a man be born again. That's his words. You ain't going to be born again without his words, exactly like his words say. When someone tells you all you have to do is believe to be born again, that's not right. They may be sincere, and they may not even be trying to hurt you or anything, but, but it's not right because it's not what he said. He said, except a man be born of water and the Spirit. You must be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. I'll show you his word. Peter said it like this, 1 Peter 1 and 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Because that action would never exist of being born of water and the Spirit if it wasn't already the word of God. And so we are born again by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Before anybody was ever born of water or born of the Spirit, it was the Word of God. Before there was a Pentecost, it was the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Peter, now here's, we ain't left Noah behind because Peter, he actually brings Noah into this. In 1 Peter 3 and 20 and 21, he was talking about the days of Noah. He said, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing, where in few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Before it was an ark, it was his word, and it saved eight souls by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Saved by water, baptism doth also now save us. It's the like figure. He's saying God was giving us a preview. He was giving us a shadow of some things to come. And he said that uh, what God did with water that day for Noah is what he does for us with water in this day. When we go down in the water... In the name of Jesus, that's where the blood of Jesus is applied and the sins are washed away. This, this earthen vessel is washed from all the sins of the past. That's what remission of sin is. When God brought a flood on the earth, it washed away all the evil. When Noah got out of that ark, well, nothing from his past left except the ones that was in the, the ark with him. So when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, 8, Acts 2 and 38... Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost, simply a shadow of things to come. He wasn't just making a a vague reference when he talked about Noah. They knew these stories, and they had revelations about what had been shown. Did you know that there's repentance in the story of Noah? Genesis 6 and 6 says it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. In Genesis 6 and 17, it says God brought a flood of water that covered the earth. You know what you made of? Mm-hmm. 
in chapter 7 and verses 21 through 24, it talks about what the water did when it covered the earth. It destroyed all the wickedness and all the old life that was there. The old life was destroyed. In Genesis 8 and 3, we find where the water returns from off the earth. And then in uh, 8 and 11, we see that there's a dove that comes back with an olive branch, which signifies new life. We are buried with him by baptism. We are buried with him and raised up to walk in the newness of life. So repentance uh, in the days of Noah, baptism in the days of Noah, and we know that the Spirit of God descended like a dove uh, when Jesus was baptized. And here comes this dove with an olive branch showing new life or uh, a new spirit-filled life. But it didn't happen until once the earth was out of the water. Before Peter ever preached, before 120 were filled, before 3,000 were baptized, it was God's word. Acts 2 and 16, but this is that which was spoken. It was a word that God gave that, I would pour, that he would pour out his flesh upon all, or his spirit upon all flesh. And so this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Before it was ever poured out, it was spoken of. John the Baptist said Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus proclaimed it in John 4, and he called it uh, living water. In verse 7, he said rivers of living water. In Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Before anybody ever received it, it was already God's word. That's why we sing every promise in the book is mine. This book is filled with the promises of God. Don't try to get the things of God outside of the word of God. But when you will obey the word of God and follow the word of God, the scripture said that these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above only and not beneath. You'll be blessed going in and you'll be blessed going out. Let me tell you, life is going to be better for you when you do it by the word of God. So if you need, I want to... Mention a little bit about baptism today because we're baptizing three souls. We want to make it into the kingdom of God, but you just don't luck up and wind up there. Jesus provided a way. And it's his word. You must be born again. You must be born again. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit. Not a spirit, the spirit. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Now, how do we know we have the Holy Ghost? I can't teach a whole Bible study on all this, but the only way that we see people receive the Holy Ghost in Scriptures, we see them speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's not voodoo or witchcraft or any kind of hocus-pocus. It's the Spirit of God. Nobody can teach you how to talk in tongues. They can teach, help you pray and help pray you through, but they cannot. They don't have a book. So here. You talk in this language, this will be Holy Ghost language for you. It's, it's not taught like that. It's the Spirit of God. So again, Peter, put Acts 2 and 38 back up for me, sweetie. Peter said, this is his words, but this is the words that Jesus said to go and preach repentance and remission of sins in my name beginning in Jerusalem. Before it was ever Peter's message, it was Jesus' word. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you want to be born again, 
then you've got to do it the Bible way. And why, why wouldn't you want to be the Bible way? I would want to be. So if we want it, honey, you can come to the music. I'm finishing up. If we want it, we must obey it. No, do you want an ark that will save you and your family? Then you better start cutting some trees down. For somewhere between 100 and 120 years, depending on you know, what different scholars say, but that Noah worked on that ark and said he was a preacher of righteousness. The whole time he was working on the ark, every, every day, every moment, every nail driven, every board put up, everything he did was an act of faith in the word that God had already given him. And he worked on it and worked on it until he saw the end of his faith. He didn't stop short. He went ahead and did all that God commanded. So if Jesus uh, said we must be born again, there's no way around that. And that's why Peter and the rest of the disciples and apostles you read about in the book of Acts, that's why they preached the way they did. And that's why we preach what we do because we believe you must be born of water and of the Spirit. We must be born again according to the Word of God. If we live by faith, then we live by the Word of God. Not our own rules, not our own regulations, but according to God's Word. Would you stand with me this morning? We've had a tremendous move of the Spirit in this place today, and God has moved on our lives. And I want you to know that you were not here today by accident. You didn't just look up and make it here, but God had a reason for you to be here. Maybe to heal you, to deliver you, to increase your faith, or maybe so you could be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I don't know. But you know. And if you want everything that God's got for you, if you're like, I want heaven one day, but while I'm here, I want this born again, walking in newness of life kind of life, then guess what? Just follow the scripture. Because before there's any new life, there's going to be God's word. Before there's ever a miracle, there's going to be God's word. Before there's going to be any deliverance, it's going to be God's word. It was always God proceeding with his word what was about to happen. And so today, with every let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. If, if you haven't, or maybe it's been a while, maybe you just need to all over again, we all have to repent. But let's just pray a prayer of repentance and, and ask God to cleanse our hearts today. If you, Maybe we've picked up something along the way that we need to lay down. Maybe there's something that's hindering us. That we just, it's, today's the day we need to just repent, God, and we need to lay this down. Let's, let's pray that prayer of repentance together. Lord, search us. Look into our hearts today. And Lord, if you see anything that's unlike you, anything that will hinder me or, or stop me from doing the things you want me to do, and, and Lord, I... Maybe, maybe I've never done everything I should, so Lord, I'm sorry today for what I've done. And, and Lord, I'm sorry for the, if I've been a stumbling block to my brother or sister, if I've, I've hindered somebody or been, been wrong in a, in a way I didn't even realize. Cleanse me of my secret faults. And Lord, I, I ask you forgive me. I ask you to forgive me for any sin in my life. And I will, I will and I do right now forgive anybody who has wronged me. I don't want anything in my heart against anybody, and I don't want anybody to miss heaven because of me. So, Lord, don't hold anything to them on my account, but, God, I forgive them today as you have forgiven me.
Now we're going to open the altars for give you a chance to pray. And if you, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but you would like the Holy Ghost today, there's people that will pray with you right here. And you can be filled with the Holy Ghost today. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, that he's the Son of God, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, if you believe that, you can be baptized today in Jesus' name. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost because that's a promise. Would you come to the altar this morning? And if you need the Holy Ghost, don't leave here without it. Come on, saints, let's come pray. We're going to get ready to baptize some people here in just a moment. Come find you a place and pray. Find somebody to pray with. That's it. Come on. Find a place in this altar to pray today. Take some time to kneel down and talk to the Lord. We don't have to rush out today. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Come on, church, do we believe the word of God today? Can we press just a little bit further right now? Come on, I know we've prayed and I know we've shouted and I know we've heard the word of God and, and we've had church in here today. But can we press just a little bit farther? There are people seeking the Lord, seeking the Holy Ghost in this place today. Could we not, could, could we not just stand and wait for, for the baptisms to start? But could we, could we activate the faith that's in us right now and find somebody to pray with? Start interceding in the Holy Ghost. Do something to further what God's trying to do right now. If you believe the Word of God is true, then why don't we act on the Word of God right now? Why don't we let the Word of God come to pass through us right now? Let's press a little farther. I'd like us to do one more thing as a church before we move on to these baptisms today. I wish that we could rejoice over the Word of God. That was weak. We rejoice and we praise and we dance and we get excited when, when the music and the singing is happening and there's nothing wrong with that. That's biblical. But there is nothing more important and there is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. And when I hear the Word of God and I know that His Word is forever settled. And so when the Word of God goes forth that says you're going to be healed, I ought to rejoice more than anything else would make me rejoice. When the Word of God goes forth that says that He'll deliver and He'll set free and He'll be my comfort and be my peace and He's going to bring me out of the fire, I ought to rejoice more than I would with any song, 
I ought to rejoice. I wish you could jump up and down. I wish you could holler. I wish you could show how happy you are that the Word is alive in my life. Oh, we're people of the Word. We're people of the Word that's forever settled. Come on, I'm not going to let you get off that easy. You need to rejoice. I don't care if you don't feel like it. I don't care if you're tired. You need to rejoice over the Word of God. Because it will come to pass. It will not return unto Him void. The Word will come to pass. Oh, I wish we could rejoice right now over the Word that's forever settled. Oh, come on, stretch your faith, stretch your faith, stretch your faith. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Word is coming to pass. Come on, all of heaven is rejoicing. We ought to be rejoicing. Filled with the Holy Ghost, just like the Word says. Would you look at that? We're talking about it, and God's doing it right over there in the corner. The Word says ye shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And wouldn't you know it, somebody's getting the Holy Ghost. Because the Word does not fail. His Word will not return unto him void. The Word of God. If we, if we don't think we have anything to rejoice about, we ought to rejoice over the Word of God that is alive. It's not just an ancient text, but it is alive and forever settled, and it is not bound by time. It's the living Word of God. Aren't you thankful for the Word today? Can we clap our hands one more time? And we're about to see some people obey the word right now and be baptized in Jesus' name. The family come up. Let the family come and gather and let's keep a prayerful mindset right now. We ought to be thankful. want to be baptized in the name of Jesus and they're not too young to obey God's word you know if we if we pray them through as kids why not baptize them as kids uh, you can, and so I, I believe it's, it's all in order we're going to honor her faith today because she wants to be baptized in Jesus name so let's pray for Abigail together precious Lord we thank you for this wonderful child today and Lord we know this is the first step of a great journey Lord we ask you to bless her, Lord, and use her for your glory. 
Put your hands around her, God, and comfort her and keep her and watch over her all the days of her life. Let her love your ways, Lord. Let her love your word, God, and let her serve you faithfully to hear you say, well done. Lord, we praise you for this precious child today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, in obedience to the word of God and on the profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. baby today. Precious Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful child and her faith today, that she would obey the word of God, Lord, and, and be baptized in your holy name. Lord, take care of her and watch over her, protect her all the days of her life. Use her, Lord, as she grows to, to be a witness and a light for your kingdom, Lord, and we're going to praise you for these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. got a desire to do things for the kingdom of God but don't you know the enemy would love to kick that and knock that away but I believe he's going to do great things and God's going to honor his faith let's pray for him right now precious Lord right now in your holy name I ask you to bless this young man and Lord this call that's on his life God let him follow him. use him God to reach the lost use him God to be a witness and a light God and strengthen him in everything he does protect him cover his mind cover his heart God Lord, use him all the days of his life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In obedience to the word of God and on the profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Hallelujah.
roll with. Showed her some direction, some things that she's going to be seeing come to pass. And we're thankful for young people who God's calling and using for great things. So keep your eyes on this young lady. God's going to do some great things for her. So let's pray for her right now. Precious Lord, we thank you, Lord, for her faith today. We thank you for the call that you placed on her. I ask you, Lord, to touch her and be with her, God. Oh, God. Lord, don't let anything sidetrack her, Lord, to protect her mind and her heart, God, and use her for your kingdom. God, we're going to praise you for it, God. Send her, Lord, and use her for your glory, God. We're going to praise you. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In obedience to the word of God, I'm going to confess you in your faith and I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. You are changing starting to be like the day of Pentecost if I had another baptistry I'd put one of y'all in it so they get to dunking you know I love church and I love God's people but none of this would exist without the word of God and the reason that I've experienced anything in church that I've experienced is because I followed the word. I found an altar of repentance and I was baptized in his name and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's why I'm here today. There's no way to, to even imagine the doors that open up when you obey God's word. So I'm thankful for this plan of salvation that he's given. God's good to us. And I would like to say just for some clarification, we should rejoice just as much when someone who was baptized before decides that they want to rededicate their life to the Lord in this special way. God moving on our young people to, to, to renew that commitment and that consecration, we ought to rejoice just as much. glad she did. This young lady don't even realize the potential that she has and the things that God's going to do in her life. 
And I know she has friends and family that she wants to see saved in the church and living for God. Well, that's going to happen. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. I'm not giving people false hope. I'm just speaking faith because I believe that God answers prayer. And I believe God will work on people. And, and we're just going to trust God with her. We're excited for you today, Lexi. We love you. Let's, let's pray for this young lady. Precious Jesus, right now. Lord, I ask you to bless this Lord. Lord, encourage her heart and her mind. Give her faith and strength for every day. Lord, today, Lord, bless her prayers and desires. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we bless Y'all better grab your kids. They ready to jump in this water. Y'all stop. It's coming. It's coming. Hey, if, if you're thinking about it, then, then you're ready to do it. You might as well come on. I mean, if, if it's like, oh, should I, should I? Yeah, you should. There's no, there's no other answer. If you're thinking, man, I might, I'm thinking, well, come on. What you, just come on. If you need a pair of pants or, or skirt or something, we'll run to Dollar General and buy you something to put on. <laughs> they got a house robe or something over there you can wear home. Or just ride home wet. It'd be all right. It, hey, you know what? It ain't about a ceremony. It's God moving on your heart. If God's moving on your heart, here's water what's hindering. Don't let, don't let some kind of little fleshly issue stop you from jumping in this water. Come on. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Hey, what a great day. Let's give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise. I'm thankful for him today. Mighty God. Mighty God. We love you. Prayer meeting tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Prayer and communion. We're going to have a great time in Jesus' name. God bless you.